Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 5th of February 2020 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Are you a risk taker or do you prefer safety and security? It takes all kinds to make the world. Some say nothing good is without risk and others counsel slow and steady for a good life. While we put on our virus-barring masks and keep our eyes open this week in Hong Kong, we'll be listening to a story from Hyatt about her choices between safety and risk. And then we'll hear a story from Francis about his own rather risky behavior. Before we get to today's stories, however, a huge but sanitized hug goes out to our loyal Hong Kong listeners. This city has been battered and bruised in recent months, and we've just been given more burdens to carry, but the people of Hong Kong remain steadfast and compassionate. Take care of yourselves, and thanks for finding the time to listen to our stories. Big thanks go out to our overseas listeners as well, this week especially to listeners in Lisbon, Portugal, Gdynia in Poland, and Tokyo in Japan. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Our storytellers are getting ready for our next show, which has a theme, Fifty Shades of Red. It's scheduled to be held on February 27th at the Riff in Lang Fung, and tickets should be confirmed and on sale in the next 10 days. If there's a change in schedule, we'll let you know through the website hongkongstories.com. Our show with India by the Bay has also been rescheduled to April. Details to follow on hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. And now with a story from the October 2019 show, which had the theme Unearthed, here is Hyatt. I never stray too far from the sidewalk. I learn to play on the safe side so I don't get hurt. These two lines of Kelly Clarkson lyrics pretty much describe how I live my life. So I always make rational choices. I'm always well planned. And all this lead to a stable professional job and a long-term relationship in my mid-twenties. Our future looks very promising. We'll go on to work Long hours, pay most of our income on either rent or mortgages. How exciting. (laughs) But do I really want to live my life like this? Probably not. But what do I really want? I don't know, because everyone else seems to want that. So I want to take a break from all this well-planned life. I quit my job and I ended the relationship. On the first Valentine's Day that I'm newly single. (laughs) Is that funny? (laughs) Um, I'm so afraid to go out and people asking me, where's your boyfriend? So I stay at home all day. And I go on the internet, had a glass of wine, book a trip to Antarctica. I click on a lot of buttons saying that I don't have allergy, I don't have a heart disease, and I saw this option to add 100 euros for a kayaking tour, and I clicked yes. I never kayaked before. (laughs) I could barely pronounce the word kayak back then. (laughs) 
It seems to be a water sport, and I can swim. It's fine. <laughs> Fast forward one month later, I arrive at Antarctica, and when you arrive there, it's not like you go through an immigration line. There's no one there. Your passport don't get stamped. It's just open water <laughs> with iceberg and snowy mountains, and maybe some wells. At the horizon, and that's it. You arrived. I was so overwhelmed by all the blue, different shades of blue, and the sky and the ocean. Oh, I arrived. My heart is now clear of work and relationship. I'm a new person. Attention, kayakers! Attention, kayakers! Oh shit! I'm the kayaker. I sign up. <laughs> Why did I do that? So. The cruise is like more than a hundred passengers, and the majority of them are Caucasian. And as I walk into the briefing room for the kayakers, I notice that I'm the only Asian and the smallest person in the room. Everyone else look like they are so chilled and they have kayaked before. <laughs> as the kayaking guide tour,、um, the the tour guide, he was explaining the. Rules and the gears to us, and I was like, "It's getting serious. What, what do I do? Should I just leave the room?" But I have all the reputation of Asians on my shoulders. <laughs> I can't chicken out. Well, I just need to track one guy to be my partner. Then I saw this guy standing next to me. He's tall, athletic-looking. And he seems to be kayak before. He told me he's from Bulgaria. I have no idea where it is, <laughs> and I still don't. I can only associate with the jewelry brand Bulgari. <laughs> He doesn't look stylish, though. He's the kind of quiet kind of guy, and I asked him to my partner, and he didn't know how to say no. So <laughs> we、uh, left the room and put on our gear: the wetsuits, the spray skirt, the gloves, and life jacket. And then we go on to、um, the zodiac. Zodiac is a kind of rubber boat that is more quiet than、uh, we do that. On Antarctica water, and we tied all our boats、um, to the zodiac, and we go to the open water. Then, from the open water, we have to, you know, cross into our boat. And the kind of boat that we have is the one with two holes in it. You have to slide your legs, which I later find out that in Hong Kong, in order to rent the kind of boat, you need to have a license. <laughs> And still, I can't tell anyone that I haven't kayaked before. <laughs> Luckily, because I'm so small、um, among them, like I, I'm, I'm okay in Hong Kong. But when I was there, I feel like a dwarf. <laughs>、um, and when I cross into my boat, I feel like somebody just left me there. Can't be bothered. You're so small. Just get in there. <laughs> and I got my paddle, and I was like, okay, this is it. Put on my spray skirt, but then there's another problem. It's really cold. <laughs> it's Antarctica summer, but as you can imagine, Antarctica summer is not exactly warm. 
is zero to five degrees Celsius. It's much colder than even this room. And uh, it can change drastically uh, as it rains or snow. So I can't even tell how cold it is at that point of time. My toes were freezing. It's like the frozen spell from Elsa coming from your toes all the way up and, okay, what do I do? My toes are freezing. Should I go back to the cruise? How can I endure this freezing toes and this icy cold water for two hours? I can't kayak even. And what if I have to pee? <laughs> but then I would be the Asian who go back to the cruise. Okay. Then the Bulgarian guy was saying, it's okay. He finally talked, right? <laughs> it's okay. Uh, as you paddle on, then you'll warm up. So we paddle. Ah, our boat is going fast. Oh, it's so nice. I can paddle. I can kayak. It's so nice as I see all the penguins swimming by. Yeah. <laughs> They're really cute. I make that noise too. But then the, the kayak stops. Ah, why? Oh, he's taking a picture, putting down the pedal. <laughs> so all my pedaling didn't make a difference. But it's okay, we pedal on. And all of a sudden, everybody stopped. Look, there are whales. Oh, the whales came to visit. The guy told us not to uh, chase them, not to approach them, as if I can. <laughs> but um, they are just checking us out. So we stopped there. We park our boat um, in the open water. And the whales just go swim around us. It was so magical. Everything is so perfect. I see mountains in the background. And then the whales checking us out. Everything is like a Discovery Channel video. And I'm inside of it. And then we move on to um, another corner of that open water, and we saw a lot of iceberg. And they are like sculpture by the nature, like Edward Caesar's hand. But some of you are not old enough to understand. But it was so beautiful. And then, wah, 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 wah. we crashed into one of the icebergs. What to do? Will I, will I die here? It's like my only reference of iceberg is Titanic. <laughs> and Bulgarian guy not gonna sacrifice himself to save me. <laughs> but then we pedaled backwards, mostly him, and we got out of the iceberg. Oh, okay, he saved my life. And then wah, 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 we, we crashed into another iceberg. And then wah, another iceberg. Wow, kayaking in Antarctica is so dangerous. <laughs> but then all these Thing um, coming to an end, two hours out, we're getting back to our cruise. And I find out that Bulgarian guy intentionally crashed me into the iceberg. <laughs> he just couldn't tell me that he didn't want to pair up with me. Um, <laughs> and so that I would make the screaming noise, which some of the other kayakers thought it was penguins and that it was me. Um, and then as we go back, we brag about what we saw, the whales and the penguins. And then this lady came to congratulate us on our journey. And I was like, you were in the tour, aren't you? You, you were there in the briefing room. Oh, I went back because my toes were too cold. 
Oh, I thought of that as well. If I were the person that I was, so well planned, so rational, I would have gone back because that's the most rational decision. But then I didn't. In if I did, then I would missed out the most wonderful journey in my life. So sometimes being irrational gives you the most beautiful memories. Thank you. Beautiful memories from irrational moments. I love this turn of phrase. We could all use some more beautiful moments in our days just now, so stay alert and watch out for them. If you'd like to learn more about storytelling in Hong Kong and how you can get involved, we hold free weekly workshops that you can join. Find details on HongKongStories.com. Our next story was first played in 2017 and comes from Francis. He's known as a pretty straightforward kind of guy, but then he told us this story. Chewing gum and jaywalking. That's rebellious. Smuggling contraband. Well, that's just straight out criminal. I was living in Singapore at the time and the idea of becoming a mule, I guess in retrospect, was kind of expected. I mean, I had a plausible cover. I, I was travelling from Singapore to Sydney. So that was a plausible cover. And rather than be scared, the idea of smuggling contraband into a country notorious for capital punishment, Singapore, actually gave me a rush. <laughs> and what started out as small for personal use, what well, soon morphed into commercial quantities up to 20 kilos of commercial contraband provided by a reliable supplier in Sydney, my father. <laughs> and as news got out, I soon had friends and friends of friends ordering this high-grade contraband. And some would say inevitably, I ran into a problem. I'd run out of storage. And for my product, that was terminal. You see, fresh meat, it rots pretty quickly. <laughs> so I was left with no choice. I bought a freezer, but no ordinary freezer. A 150-litre workhorse, a chest freezer taking pride in place in my laundry, which was an unusually located room, protected by a security grill, but openly exposed to Singapore's stifling humidity and the neighbourhood thoroughfare. And before too long, the chest freezer resembled a high-end neighbourhood thoroughfare all of its own where gourmet sausages and steaks were sharing space with pork and lamb as well as seasonal visitors like honey-baked ham, turkey and lobsters. <laughs> and despite all the parties, the Christmas parties, the dinner parties and the barbecues, the freezer never emptied. Ordinarily, not a problem. Till it's time to move out. The decision to leave Singapore, it really wasn't my decision. In fact, I'd been in denial for months. So when my transfer came through, it caught me by surprise. I was unprepared. And with my wife away on an extended business trip, it was left for me, a mere male, to do all the packing. <laughs> it's a stressful occasion, but smoothed over, of course, by the efficiency 
of Asian packers. Ah, Mr. Francis, sir, what to pack? It's a crap out of me. Beside the chest freezer, everything and quickly? And so it was, everything and quickly. I had cling wrap wrapped, gladly wrapped. I had pillows still sheathed in their slips, stuffed into boxes. And I had every socket needing appliance pulled and packed. And by day's end, all that remained was the chest freezer, waiting to ship to my brother's apartment upon my return from yet another business trip. Now, I don't know how any of you feel when you return home from business trips, but for me, there's only one of two things that I ever want. The first, just either just alone time to decompress. The second, sex. (laughs) Which at the moment is alone time to decompress. (laughs) But that's another story neither of which is offered by security guards, nor wanted, I have to say, and certainly not from the two who nervously confronted me as I hopped out of my taxi. (laughs) Sir, where have you been? And your wife, where is your wife? You have a problem. (laughs) Wife problem? Yeah, okay. (laughs) My wife's away on an extended business trip. What's the problem? Someone has died in your apartment. (laughs) And with that, I was ushered upstairs. And as the elevator door opened onto the neighbourhood thoroughfare, I closed my eyes and I joined the dots. I didn't have a problem. I had a big problem. (laughs) You see, there's a cleared-out apartment a missing wife, the putrid smell of death, and a husband that's done a runner for well over a week. Okay, this doesn't look good. Nor does it smell better, but it's not what you're thinking. I can explain. And with that, I lifted the lid on a gastronomic orgy gone wrong Horribly wrong. In the week that I was away, the meat had softened and thawed. I had sausages up the rump of steaks. I had lamb and I had lamb and lobster creating surf and turf and the trio of honey-glazed ham, pork and turkey. They were creating some sort of non-kosher Thanksgiving celebration that can only be described as a bestial menage a trois. Seemingly, the packers had followed my instructions precisely, pulling every socket-needing appliance and leaving the chest freezer unpacked, destroying thousands of dollars' worth of meat and exposing my neighbours to rot and stench so bad it may well have been confused to a teenage boy's bedroom. (laughs) Now, needless to say... The freezer never got to my brother's. And for certainty, we do do a search of the apartment and I'm pleased to report no missing bodies were found. So I left Singapore freely. 
But in truth, I was never a free man. You see, I missed that feeling, that, that rush of smuggling and not getting caught. <laughs> I needed a new market. So after a couple of years of searching and researching, I eventually found one. But just know this, if any of you are ever invited to my place for a dinner party or barbecue or perhaps a weekend roast, you will be now knowingly aiding and abetting a smuggler. (laughs) Which according to Hong Kong's criminal ordinance means that you'll be tried and prosecuted as though you are the the, the principal offender. But you know what? In my opinion, a $50,000 fine and six months in prison, it's a pretty small price to pay for what would be your Hong Kong story. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. Thank you.